Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast, the show where we talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer here at Nurse.org. And today's episode, it's going to be a real treat because as you know, we've just had the Nurse Icon Awards. We've had some wonderful, I mean, so many great nurses submitted, nominees, amazing. And we've, you know, as you know, we have our winners. And on today's episode, I'm bringing on the Nurse Icon Award winner for Nurse Innovator. And his name is Spencer Jones. as He's a nurse entrepreneur and an inventor of, I'm just actually going to say several devices because I mean, I have him on here. We're going to talk about the devices he's created, how he's gotten to do it. But some pretty, pretty amazing things. I know we talk about being a nurse entrepreneur and starting programs and coaching and things like that, but just imagine actually creating and contributing to devices that are invasive, that actually touch patients that are changing the trajectory and outcomes of surgeries and all kinds of other things. Some really, really scientific stuff, guys, some really great things. So um, please, without further ado, welcome Spencer to the show. Hi, Spencer. Hey, Nurse Alice. Thanks for having me. Okay, I'm I'm so glad you're here. And listen, I know I didn't do you justice with your introduction, but and I know we've had this like wave of nurse entrepreneurs and you know with tech um, and so many things coming up. And then when I saw you as a nurse icon award winner, I'm like, wait a minute, whoa! Like nurses are really doing some great and phenomenal things in areas which we aren't traditionally educated or trained or kind of pushed to go into, you know, we're pushed into going to hospitals, direct patient care, but you are still actually doing direct patient care, but in a different and larger scale. So if you can just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your journey in nursing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I grew up in a healthcare household. Uh, My dad was a CRNA, you know, doing anesthesia for I think 36 years. And so I always knew that I was interested in healthcare. I had shadowed him when I was growing up. And I actually started pre-med and then switched to nursing and just was thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do anesthesia. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be my career path. While I was in nursing school, I worked as a CNA, which is something that a lot of nursing students do highly recommend it. Right. So CNA, uh, it was at a a health South rehab facility, which I think now it's encompassed. Right. But so I was working, you know, traumatic brain injury units, as well as kind of post-orthopedic surgery units, sat for my LPN. Uh, license while I was in nursing school. Also something I recommend people do. Worked at a skilled nursing facility, you know, kind of an old folks home, if you will, and uh, gained a lot of experience, especially on the pharmacy, passing meds, but understanding all the different meds. And that was great experience there, but graduated, went and worked at an inpatient facility in Little Rock, Arkansas, St. Vincent Infirmary down there. It's a CHI facility now. And one awesome thing about that was I did a residency program, right? So I got to rotate through OR, you know, neuro, med surge, step down, ICU, all the different areas. And I kind of say all that just to 
just to kind of emphasize, it was such an important part of, you know, my development as an entrepreneur, I think, in, you know, by and large, having those different uh, experiences in the various healthcare environments, it was really, really impactful. And, and in kind of my journey through, you know, worked at night shift, med surge, it was really tough unit. You know, every hospital has those tough units. We have a lot of, you know, frequent flyers and patients that they were just trying to get out of the hospital, you know, that had been there for a while, et cetera. But working the night shift, med surge, it was an incredibly difficult job, you know, but I did enjoy it. I loved it. I loved the interaction with patients. I felt like I was a really good nurse and, you know, both clinically and really helping the patient understand what was going on, because I don't, I think there's sometimes a lack of that in healthcare of patients just there and they don't know what's happening. But um, I love what I was doing and I didn't really have the entrepreneurial bug, but I experienced so many, you know, problems firsthand and, you know, problems or inefficiencies. And I know lots of nurses probably listen to this podcast have thought, why is it this way? Right. Why do I have to do it this way? Or why is this process like this? And I w- I've just always been someone that like, it didn't sit well with me. I was like, well, why can't we fix it? Why can't we change it? And that was really the start of me kind of ideating about different medical devices, the first of which, or the first two devices that I patented um, and ended up forming a company around were in vascular access. So, you know, nurses do with vascular access all the time. I thought it was really, it's one of the cooler things to me that, you know, just your floor nurses uh, get to do. It's kind of interventional in a way, right? You're gaining access to the bloodstream. And I just, it was something I was passionate about. And I kept on seeing my patients' IV catheters failing. And I was like, we have to have something better. This is one of the most important kind of elements of care, being able to deliver, whether it's just saline or fluid replacement, but then critical medications, if there's a code in the patient, you have to have IV access for that. So that was kind of what I gravitated to and was ended up creating some devices uh, around vascular access to, you know, try to try to improve things for patients and for nurses. Well, thank you for that. Because listen, in the emergency room, I mean, we're IV access, like that's one of the first things we're always gaining. And then even on the on the floors, when they're needing to continue therapy, IV access is critical, right? It can be a pain sometimes. And sometimes, you know, they come out for accidental reasons. And then it's like, oh, gosh, I gotta start another IV, or maybe I have to start multiple IVs. And then I need to do a blood draw. And the patient's looking at me like, well, why do you have to poke me again if I have IV access here already? And so, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of work around uh, IV access. And I have to say, we probably utilize those supplies at an abundant amount. I don't know how much exactly in totality we spend on IV equipment and things like that. But many nurses have asked our, ourselves, like, why can't this be better? How come we just can't be do this? Why doesn't someone invent a device? And so, Spencer, you took that upon yourself. You saw a problem and being, you know, the nurse that you are is like, you know what, I'm going to come up with a solution. So just curious to know, though, like the thought process. So you saw you had all this exposure to, to nursing. You could see the pain points uh, for patients and nurses. And so what clicked one day? Like, did, I mean, just kind of curious, what was the thought process that really took you from I see a problem to let me really create something to fix it? How do you get from point A to point B with that? That's a great question. I think everybody has a certain level of this. I think nurses in particular uh, have to have this for their job. But I think it's that problem solving mentality of like, I'm experiencing a problem. You know, let me work the process. How do I overcome this problem? You know, and I, I think a lot of nurses have that. And even if they don't kind of intentionally think that they could create something, I, you know, I know they can because nurses, you have to be resourceful and prob- kind of be a problem solver. But it was really the first, you know, kind of that that spark, if you will, I was give you know a patient was getting IV therapy. The nurse said, "Hey, I need a blood draw on this patient. 
or, or we needed to get a blood draw on this patient. And I think even this may have been when I was in finishing up nursing school or in my residency program with my preceptor. And I said, they've already got an IV. Can I go in and take blood from their existing IV catheter? And they said, no, you're not allowed to. And, you know, kind of went back and forth on why that was the case. And I just thought that seems ridiculous. You know, we've already got a line into this patient's, you know, blood supply and I need a couple milliliters of blood and I have to re-stick them with a butterfly needle. And it just seemed ridiculous to me. And so, you know, the thought was kind of thinking about, you know, well, we've got central venous catheters. You can do that on CBCs. You can do that on PICLA. Why can't we do this on peripherals? And it kind of boiled down to one of the reasons was only having a single lumen and then kind of the way that, you know, the catheter and the extension tubing and the needleless connector and everything is kind of integrated with a peripheral IV catheter that's single lumen. So out of that, I said, well, why can't we just make a peripheral IV catheter with two lumens? I mean, it's a simple concept, but that was really the start of, you know, the first device, which, you know, we, we ended up calling BVAD, bifurcated venous access device. So that was really the start of it. And I think from there, I was so early on that it was a lot of what do I do? How do I figure this out? I was starting to sketch out ideas, sketch out kind of designs, cross sections of what it would look like. I was started doing heavy research into the patents and the prior art that already existed, trying to figure out if this was patentable. And then I think one of the linchpins in terms of kind of toying around with an idea and doing some research and figuring out what's what this is, if this could be something. One of the linchpins was getting in contact with uh, an entrepreneurial support organization. So these are typically city, state, local groups. They are a largely publicly funded, and their main goal is just to support entrepreneurs through that journey, even if they're at that kind of idea stage. And so got in contact with someone that uh, was, in, was a representative of Innovate Arkansas, which is an entrepreneurial support organization here in the state. I, I'll call them ESOs for short, entrepreneurial support organization. But he gave me the a kind of a hit list of things to do. Read this book, create this you know plan. Here's the template. And I knocked him out in like three days, came back. And then it kind of snowballed from there. But it was really, you know, t- just getting in touch with someone who knew kind of how to illuminate that path that was in front of me and, and kind of honestly to give me confidence to, you know, keep trying it. And so I, that was really the spark, you know, seeing the problem, what could be a solution does something like this exist? And then getting in contact with someone that could guide me. So I heard two things there. So one was you definitely had a fire your belly and a passion for this because you had to do all this research. And by the way, guys, probably outside of, you know, whatever nursing school, residency, work, which already we know is very laborious, guys. We're exhausted from just a day of nursing school and all that reading or even just a shift at work can be exhausting. But then to still find the time, the passion, the interest to go above and beyond and, you know, researching those things. And I don't know about you, Spencer, but we didn't get that in my nursing program or even my master's program or anything like that about, you know, how to, you know, explore this other world of inventions, patents, and, you know, even exploring those type of resources. It sounds like you did your research and you found someone to help you, which I'm not sure if they were quite a mentor, if you'd call them that, but still someone Who's going to point you in the right direction that can make or break someone's motivation as far as if they're going to pursue something or not, because they could have easily said like, hey, Spencer, this is tough stuff. This is you're gonna have to do a million and one things and made it seem impossible, which for for some nurses can be spirit breaking. And then they're like, you know what? Never mind. I'm just I won't bother. But you were persistent. You were dedicated and you definitely trailblazed your way into this world. And by the way, guys, I didn't do his introduction 
with the justice that it deserves. But the person that we're talking to right now, he is the chief technology officer and VP of sales at Lapformations. He's he's so humble, so humble about the devices he's creating. But can you imagine having like I would love, love, love walking to my patient's room. And by the way, I also got to find out where where we as nurses, when we hear about these devices, I got, we got to tell our purchasing committees like, hey, I heard about this device. It can improve patient care, improve patient satisfaction. We got to get these here. But can you imagine walking to your patient's room? You're giving IV fluids and the patient needs a lab draw. And then you simply just go to their pre-existing device and can draw blood from there. Patients are going to love you. They love us now, but they don't really love us when we have to poke them again unnecessarily. But Spencer, that's like genius. And let me ask this. Okay, so you went through all of uh, the research. Um, You were able to find these organizations kind of support you in this journey. Were you actually like literally putting like in a lab, putting this device together, like taping lumens together? Like just kind of curious because we're hearing this. And I mean, in theory, it sounds great, but we want to know like, what were you, were you up late at night, like taping lumens together and putting them in a mannequin? Like what, what did that look like? No, it's a great question. I think what you just hit on is one of the most daunting parts of medical device innovation because, you know, the clinical innovators that usually come up with these things, the next step in physically making it is so difficult. But, you know, after, you know, I, after I had talked with that entrepreneurial support organization and one of the things that they recommended that I do was apply for an accelerator program. So business accelerator programs, they have these all over the country. They're usually industry vertical specific. So the one everybody knows is Y Combinator, you know, Uber, Lyft, all these big tech companies went through Y Combinator Accelerator. But there was one in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I was working called the ARC Challenge. And the way a lot of these are structured, they can be structured differently. But the ARC Challenge, they picked eight companies and they invested $20,000 into each company. And it was a 13-week boot camp style kind of sprint, if you will. And they're really trying to accelerate the growth of your business over those 13 weeks. It finished with a demo day where every one of the eight companies got up, made a 10-minute presentation, and then uh, a panel of judges voted on the winner. And I ended up winning that competition. And so that came with $150,000 of capital for the business. And the whole time I was doing that, I was still doing night shift nursing full-time. So I was doing that during the night, you know, taking off the scrubs, putting on the suit, doing all this stuff during the day. But to get to your specific point, you know, how was I physically making it? During that accelerator program, you know, you're getting access to mentors uh, and different people in the community. And I ended up meeting a really critical business partner who uh, was a part owner in a contract manufacturing company that made medical devices. So kind of formed a partnership there. And then immediately started working to get prototypes. And by the end of that 13 weeks, we had a functional prototype made. But it was, again, you know, the ESO, those accelerator programs, that was really, really critical. And then the capital from that first accelerator program gave me the ability to continue to innovate. Me and that partner acquired another patent and then eventually got into another accelerator the following year with a different product, which ended up becoming Safe Break Basket. And also, as you're telling this story, like, it's really inspiring to hear this. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, golly, Seems like I would have to have known a lot about business or science and really like navigate this other world. And I hate and I'm keep going back to this. And I've been a nurse educator, so I know I'm familiar with the curriculum. I can't think of anywhere in the curriculum where we like really push nurses, future nurses to explore and to, you know, kind of cross pollinate or network with industries outside of nursing care. Like we're told about 
multi-disciplinary uh, teams, like work with your respiratory therapist, the occupational therapist, and, you know, speech and all of that. But you are actually working with like scientists, manufacturers, like outside people outside of direct patient care who don't necessarily see what it is that you see. So guys, if anything, as you're listening to this interview, please know that you can do this. I mean, don't be limited by the four walls of your hospital. If you see an issue, a problem, and you feel like you have an idea, listen, you've heard Spencer talk about the research and the things that he's done outside to kind of tap into this other world. I mean, let this be an example and inspiration to you to, you know, don't dampen your uh, your dreams because, you know, oh, I'm here to do direct patient care. There's so much more that we can do. I mean, direct care, patient care, someone's got to do it. It's a very important job. But I think that nurses, we are, people who are drawn to nursing, I think, obviously, we care a lot. And it's not just caring directly about the person in front of you, but also caring about the their their journey, their the outcome, and how can we can improve care even for the next patient. Now, Spencer, you said that by day you had a suit and at nighttime you had your scrubs on. So talk to us a little bit about how you handled that transition. At what point did you say, you know what, I'm gonna go full time into this nurse entrepreneur, nurse innovator role? This is a great question and I think it's important for a lot of nurses to kind of like, you know, understand that it is possible and, and how to do it. But I always recommend being very upfront with your employer when you're doing something like this, you're moonlighting a project, you're doing some entrepreneurship. Um, a lot of the times they want to know. Sometimes there's legally a right for them to know, especially if you're kind of working on this or workshopping projects or kind of having committee meetings about the product. But basically just be upfront with them. I told them from day one that I was working on it. This facility that I was at didn't have one, but sometimes there's innovation programs at the hospital that can support you. But told them up front while I was going through that first accelerator, that art challenge, I was just kind of, you know, kind of riding two horses at one time. And then once the accelerator finished and I had that capital invested, I knew that this was probably a career path for me, but I still, I mean, I was not a, you know, didn't have a lot of money to my name. I was 24, 25 years old. You know, back then nurses weren't making what they're making now. And so I couldn't quit my job, right? And so I kept working, and that was 2014. The following year, 2015, I had applied for that uh, another accelerator called Zero to Five Ten in Memphis, which was medical device specific. And when I got accepted into that, I think they told me in like March or April, they said, "Hey, you've been accepted into this accelerator program, but you have to move to Memphis. You have to be here for three months, or you know, for the 13 weeks." And at that point, I said, oh, goodness, what am I going to do? So I went to HR, who I, again, had been talking you know, to about things the whole time. And we'd even done some PR with the hospital and their kind of hospital magazine, et cetera. And I said, hey, I've got this incredible opportunity. You know, We've acquired this patent. They've, we've been accepted into this um, accelerator program. Can I have a three-month leave of absence to explore this opportunity? If it doesn't work out, I would love to come back and continue nursing for you guys. But I feel like I have to ask and have to explore this opportunity. They were so helpful and nice. And they said, absolutely, it'd be crazy not to explore this opportunity. And so that was really big for me. That gave me kind of the security and the financial freedom to go try my hand at entrepreneurship and know that I had something to come back to. And I think that's important for nurses listening, right? Like your nursing license is so valuable. And the fact that you can always go back to it and that nurses are always in such high demand I think honestly lends itself to nurses being able to try their hand at entrepreneurship and take that risk, knowing that they've got some financial security to fall back on. Yeah, I'm so glad that you mentioned the part of talking to 
your facility? Because I, I, I think there are a lot of nurses right now who are exploring the nurse entrepreneurship, you know, like similar to you by day or night, they're in their scrubs. And then when they're at home, they're they're working on their passion project, trying to, you know, give it legs so it can it can grow into something. And they keep it hush hush. They keep the two worlds very separate. I think there's some fear with some um, that's brewing out there. And, it, you know, because you hear these horror stories every once in a while, they make the news or social media, they go viral about nurses who have created prod, uh, products or worked on projects. And then the hospital is claiming ownership of that project. And because you mentioned that the importance of communication is to let them know what you're working on. I guess you'd want to know that early up, up front, because if you are, if you've identified a problem with their product and you're kind of indirectly working on it while you're at work because you're using the device and you're coming up with ideas, I kind of can see how the hospital may say, hey, you were actually working on this on work hours. I, I don't know. It can be very gray and there's lots of fear for nurses in that. So maybe can you just give a, a little bit of advice? I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard some horror stories about that, but because when you when you get a new job, they give you like a new day. You're like, you're just so happy you have a job. You're like, sign, 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 sign. And I don't know that we're really nurses are always reading the policies and the procedures about the moonlighting, about any device innovation creation created at their facility. Now, I worked at one facility here in Los Angeles. They were very direct in their orientation, but that's because a lot of devices it's the hospital, I'm going to say it without saying the name, but it's the hospital that was responsible for creating the Swan Gans catheter. And so I think because they had that in their background, they were already saying, if you invent anything, if you this, 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 it is the property of the hospital. So that immediately clams everyone up and you want to keep them separate. So what do you say to that? Yeah, no, it's um, it's a great point to call out. I think every every situation is going to be slightly different. You know, if you're at a, you know, like a Mayo Clinic or somewhere where there is a big innovation center, an innovation focus, a research focus, or maybe they even have a venture capital arm where they're investing in things, there may be in your employment. And, and I, again, I don't know if this is the case with Mayo Clinic, we're just using that as an example. But a lot of facilities like that might have things in your employment agreement or your offer letter that do speak to either partial or full ownership of any intellectual property that you create as a result of your work at that facility, right? So I think you want to read through your employment agreement, your offer letter, anything that is going to be able to indicate to you whether you have some type of disclosure obligation, if they have an ownership right. Um, if you're not sure, if you can't find it, go talk to HR. Say, hey, um, I was curious about X, Y, and Z, right? If I create something, if it's created outside of the facility, not using any company materials or company time. And so I think understanding that's really important. You definitely, you know, want to disclose it at the right time and if you're required to. But I think before you disclose, you definitely want to get a lay of the land through those things like your employment agreement, offer letter, HR, and really understand. And, and I'll say to one other thing, you know, there probably are horror stories like where the hospital just comes in and gobbles that up. I haven't heard of a ton of those specifically, but I do know that some facilities, they may assume 10% ownership of anything created by an employee at the hospital. But that would also potentially mean that they would help pay for the patent, right? Which patents can be 15, 20, 30K or more, uh, and even longer, you know, more cost beyond that if there's some prosecution involved. But they could potentially help pay for the patent. They may have an in-house patent attorney. Um, they may be potential investors or incubators. They could be a trial site, which is incredibly important, right? So I think there's both good and bad, right, to a facility potentially owning, having partial ownership. Because if they have partial ownership, and the entity or the uh, the idea, the the IP itself, 
then they have a vested interest in seeing it succeed. And, and real briefly, I want to touch on something you mentioned earlier about education and nursing being very siloed. This is something I'm really passionate about, I think. And there's some people doing a really good job of this. I think I forget the professor's name up at UPenn. Um, teaching design thinking and innovation courses related to nursing or, or to the nursing classes. I truly believe that it's it's a disservice to our profession and also the business world to silo us away from each other so much. And I definitely would love to see more cross-functional coursework, cross-functional collaboration between your finance, your econ, uh, your sales and marketing, and then the nursing uh, the nursing world, because, you know, you get your prereqs knocked out and you're in nursing school and you're kind of in a bubble of uh, coursework wise. So I just wanted to throw that in there. No, I, th- I think that's extremely important. And we definitely need to cross pollinate our ideas and our resources for the better uh, good of the public, because basically that's what we're, we're all doing, a public service. And by the way, how many times do we get upset? Like there's a device that comes in. We're like, who created this? This doesn't even work. Well, if we don't contribute our ideas, suggestions or inventions to these manufacturers and these companies, they're going to keep creating stuff that we think doesn't really work. And it's going to be a waste of money, a waste of time for everyone. So to improve this, everyone's satisfaction, guys, don't stay in that nursing bubble. I've said, I've said this several times before. We have to, you know, you know, have to work well with others. That sounds like something you would tell a kindergartner, but no, really, we need to be working with people of different industries, of different specialties, so we can come up with the best of the best of the best ideas. And we can do that when we have diverse minds at the table. So you brought up some really great points. Now, obviously, you are the um, nurse.org nurse icon award winner for nurse innovator. So you are an example that everyone's looking at. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm inspired. I want to do this. Like, gosh, he really created some really, you know, big and important um, ideas. And some people might be sitting back like, well, I just have this. This isn't really life changing as Spencer's ideas. But I think they're they're still innovators, right? So nurses are still contributing to innovation. So how do you anticipate nursing um, playing a bigger role with, you know, innovation, regardless how small or how little? How much do you think nurses will be contributing to this over over years to come? Yeah. When you're developing products and innovating, there's, you know, the term user needs is really important, right? A user need is like, you know, I need a pencil to be, I can hold it in my hand. It needs to write, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And nurses are doing the most direct patient care. It's where the rubber meets the road and it's who the user needs come from, right? So I think nurses understanding that and understanding the experiences they have are incredibly valuable input, pieces of input for quality device innovation and creation. And so I think, you know, something small, you know, if nurses are interested in innovation, they can try to get in contact with an entrepreneurial support organization, right? And say, hey, if you ever have a medical or a healthcare product that comes across your desk, you know, I would love to get in touch with them, right? You can be a source of collaboration and a, a source for user needs and innovation with that, whoever's developing that. And and just like you said, you know, you don't have to create the pacemaker to be a, considered an innovator, right? You can, you can make a new process for, you know, something within your facility that makes things run more smoothly and that's innovation. So I think on a similar, you know, vein, you don't have to be the person with the idea to be an entrepreneur, right? You can be collaborator number two, co-founder or employee number six, right? And still be entrepreneurial because you're taking that leap. So I would just import people that if you're interested in med devices, entrepreneurship, innovation, even if you're not the idea person, get involved, right? Get in touch with people, reach out to small companies if you're interested in their products, because there will you know, in- invariably be ways for you to contribute uh, or maybe even be employed, right? As a clinical specialist doing education, training, 
implementing new accounts. Um, and I've seen a lot of really successful salespeople that came kind of from the nursing world, right? You understand it better than anyone. So yeah, I think there's a, a multitude of ways that nurses, I hope, continue to be more involved in innovation. And uh, specifically, I think there needs to be kind of a marriage between engineering and kind of nursing customer discovery, you know, and I think there's some groups out there that are trying to do that. But it's, you know, if engineers and nurses can work together, I guarantee you the world will be better for it because we will have devices that serve patients, nurses and hospitals. better. Absolutely. Very well said, Spencer. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sitting here getting motivated. Like, and I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, what, what at work is bothering me? Next time I go to work, I'm going to be looking extra hard. Like, okay, wait a minute. Let's see. What can I fix? What can I fix there? But I mean, it's true. I mean, we're met with frustrations in our day-to-day work as nurses. And again, if we can just, you know, look through things, maybe perhaps with a different lens and collaborate with, you know, engineers, uh, manufacturers, and you need to know someone in finance, like marketing, like we need to just expand our horizon versus what's just, you know, beyond the nursing process, guys. I mean, the nursing process is a, is a great, a great thing to have. But then also think of that interdisciplinary team, not just as those folks in the hospitals, but think of them in other sec- sectors of the workforce that you can collaborate and work with. Um, Spencer, I'm sure, you know, you started off as a nurse, but now, you know, you're in this position as chief ne- t- technology officer and VP of sales. Um, just real quickly before we let you go, what does your day-to-day work like now? Oh, yeah, that's, it's a great, great question. And, and it changes a lot, right? So, you know, when I was when I was at Linnaeus um, Medical, which is the company I founded, quick plug to Linnaeus Medical, Safe Break Vascular is the product. You guys should check that out. But when I was there, it was working on patent stuff. It was working with the kind of contract manufacturing and engineering teams on product development, uh, marketing, sales enablement. I was on the road, you know, a lot of the time uh, with some different sales and marketing things. But then um, now with Lapivations, it's somewhat similar, but really my core function here at Lapivations is more sales and sales management. So I do have my own direct territory that I cover in Arkansas. And when I say cover, right, I'm I'm the guy they call. I'm hitting them at the clinics. I'm trying to get in touch with these surgeons. I'm reaching out. And by the way, AbGrab is the Lapivations product. So sorry for the <laughs> another quick plug there. But, you know, I've got my own direct sales territory, but I'm also managing a network. Right now, we have about 50 different sales reps. And so they are not our employees, right? They're 1099 sales reps, meaning they're contractors that are representing our product in different territories. So we've got about 50 spread out over 18 states. And it's kind of, a I call it building the plane while you're flying it. So we're constantly adding more reps and training more reps. And while that kind of additional uh, additional reps and, and the trading is happening, I'm also managing and trying to really support and, and help the uh, existing reps that we have succeed. So I'd say it's heavily sales. You know, I'm doing the conferences, national trade shows, marketing, trying to figure out uh, ways to incentivize our reps, um, working with group purchasing organizations, you know, trying to get on contract with them, and then really just trying to be nimble and agile. It's one of the greatest things about working for a startup. And it's fun. I love what I do. And I actually get to consult on the side for a couple projects here and there. It's really exciting because I just love this. I love this early stage medical device world and it's so much fun. But yeah, m- most of my day right now is focused on sales. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, the execution and the sales side of things is so important. And But I do get to scratch my kind of development itch with some of the uh, consulting. I love it. And I was, as you were saying that, but Oh, I bet the nursing process comes in very handy. The ADPI, Assess, Diagnose, Plan, Intervention, and Evaluation. Guys, nursing is going to always be, no point intended, but 
flowing through his veins. I know he's created a whole bunch of intravascular devices, but you know, and I just also want to say, because I know sometimes like, oh, we hear the word sales. You guys, it's very important for us to understand, especially in this day and age, that we love nursing, we love caring for patients, but it's also a business. And I think that's where we've uh, we've done ourselves a disservice by not being as attentive or focused or interested in the business aspect of it. If you want to do more or better things for your patients, you need to be more efficient. There's a cost avoidance with things. We have to look at these things. We do have to look at the bottom line. And Spencer, it sounds like some of the things that you described, uh, I can I can think of like some of the managerial or directoral, director nursing positions. Some of the things sound like they overlap and you just have a really broad territory. Your unit is big, but he's still at the end of the day, guys, this is something that impacts patients. So it's still something that's going to impact patient care, patient outcomes. So that nursing experience, I'm sure it's vital to everything that Spencer is doing from here and moving forward. And listen, I know you mentioned it's a startup, but that's how, listen, Amazon was a small startup at one point, you know, Netflix, like all of these companies were small, small at one point. But I, I say that to say, don't think that your invention, your idea is something that is too small. Spencer gave it, you know, some great examples. You can be employee number six, you can be a co-founder, all of those things. Really quickly, and, and I know I, I just want to really try to kind of give a point of, of motivation to everybody. I, I truly believe that nursing and, you know, the resourcefulness, the problem solving, having a high motor, working quickly, working across, you know, you're talking to the rat on, you're talking to the doctor, you're talking to the staff. I truly think the skill set that makes a good nurse a good nurse is incredibly transferable to entrepreneurship. Um, you know, I, I couldn't believe that, you know, more so. I would just say, you know, for the nurses out there that, you know, I know a lot of nurses are burned out, right? You know, uh, my fiance is a PACU nurse, you know, so we're, we're, we're a nursing household here. But I'd say if, if you're a nurse out there and you're interested in innovation entrepreneurship, you have the skill sets to make yourself successful. And also with the democratization of kind of educational content, you know, you can find innovation courses, design thinking courses, engineering, manufacturing stuff. There's so many resources out there. So I would just implore you to, you know, try your hand at it, be curious, have a bias towards action because the skill set that you've developed as a nurse, you know, will make you successful as an entrepreneurship, whether it's your first go at it or your second or third thing, you can, you can make it as an entrepreneur. Oh my gosh. Words to live by guys. Now, Spencer, I mean, such wonderful advice. This has been like, I have to say one of my probably favorite interviews thus far, because it's, it's been like really, really inspiring even for myself. And I've been in nursing for a while and it's even let me know like, hey. I don't have to be thinking about retirement. Let me start thinking about innovation, you know, and really put my trying my hand there. But before we go, uh, where can people follow you to learn more about some of the exciting things you're working on? You know, perhaps even get in touch with you if they have a question. Um, how can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, Spencer Jones on LinkedIn. Um, there may be a couple Spencer Joneses, but my current position, like you said, CTO at VP of Sales at Lapivation. So you can find me on on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm usually uh, pretty Johnny on the spot responding to stuff uh, and getting back to people. And, you know, if someone has a question, if someone's interested in just exploring things, they can get in touch with me there. You know, if it's related to kind of one of the devices, you know, Lapivations, you know, you can reach out to us that uh, at the contact us at that website. Or if you're interested in Safe Break Vascular, which is our, which is the uh, breakaway IV connector that we, that we created at Linius, you know, Linius Medical, or sorry, LiniusMed.com, you can reach out there. But but yeah, I'd say the best way to get in contact with me is LinkedIn. I'm pretty online, probably too much. So, <laughs> but uh, if you uh, shoot me a message there or send me an invite to connect, I'll uh, try to get back with you as soon as I can. Thank you so much, guys. This has been another great episode. 
and one which we, you know, rather should be exploring more innovations, nurse entrepreneurship. We love taking care of patients, working in the bedside, but we know that nurses are capable of so many things. So don't limit yourself. Dream big, dream loud. So thanks so much, Spencer, for joining us. I appreciate you. And Nurse.org, thanks so much for um, hosting the podcast. Guys, if you haven't already, make sure to check out Nurse.org. Get all your news there. Professional practice, policy, you know, anything that's going on in the news or in pop culture that impacts nursing or things that we should just know about so we can maneuver our day a little bit better. I'm Nurse Alice. And then if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at nursealice at nurse.org. Also, you can text us or leave a voicemail at 725-910-9676. That's 725-910-9676. Let us know what you thought of the podcast. And if you have a question or comment or want to be a guest on the show, you can let us know there. But also share this podcast with a friend, classmate, coworker. Hey, you might want HR to listen to this one because, hey, I'm coming for you. I'm going I'm to be out of here soon once I get my innovation off the ground here. But I'm Nurse Alice. I love, love, love talking to you guys and, you know, spotlighting other great nurses in the, in the community. There's so many things that, you know, we could be talking about with sharing um, and just really fostering a community where we can lean on each other and learn from one another. So until next time, guys, please make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.